Episode 133 of the Bevan James Hour Show, an interview with Suli Tuita-Upi. Right here, team, welcome along to episode 133 of the Bevan James I'll Show, your fortnightly podcast on the behaviors that create a lifetime level of fitness so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. Uh, I've got a pretty cool interview up today. A guy called Suli is somebody I work with in my in my gym. Um, and I, I I think I talk a little bit about when I interview him, but Suli to me is the biggest inspiration in fitness. There's a few people who have really inspired me with fitness. Um, Sometimes for their skill, um, sometimes for what they can create, in, in particularly in group fitness in the room, there's a guy called Gandalf who uh, in Auckland is, does dance classes and you walk in the room and there's just this pretty phenomenal energy to the room. So there's that, but it's really interesting when I think about the people who have really inspired me most in my career. And to me, the person who has inspired me most is the person who is coming from the right place. Uh I think in Mid Thomas. Mid Thomas is someone who actually I've had on the show years ago. Um, she's someone who just loves people and believes in people, and everything she does comes from that. And Suli is one of these people as well. He just fundamentally believes that if you create an inclusive environment and you support and nurture and lead that environment, you can do some pretty powerful things with fitness. And, uh, and, and for myself, and I have to admit, early on in my career, my career was very much about my ego, very much about me trying to achieve big things. And I, I did, it wasn't that it was totally um, about me. Like, I did enjoy helping people, but the longer I've gone in my career, the more it's shifted away from, you know, the things I achieved to more towards, you know, how am I really helping these people achieve their growth? And it's people like Suli have really taught me lessons and not necessarily he hasn't mentored me through the experience but just by watching him and and him as a role model it really has taught me a lot about how to be more successful as a fitness professional so I thought I'd get Sully on the show because I wanted to have a bit of a talk to him about what's his theory around fitness and how does he look at helping people and stuff like that and again he's very very powerful at doing that so I'm pretty much going to get straight into today's show because as you can hear I'm struggling with my voice. I did the voice work at the Christchurch Marathon yesterday uh, and basically talking for 67 hours non-stop. And the downfall of that, which is that I lose my voice. Uh, the cool thing is it's such a cool thing to be in the privileged position of kind of calling people across the finish line of their big day. And it's what you know I get to do. So it's a very cool thing, but I lose my voice. So I did do this interview before yesterday. So luckily my voice is okay in the interview. So I'm going to get pretty much straight into it. But before I do, I just want to say a big thank you to a few patrons of the show. And these include, I'm just pulling up some names here, Ruth on Fire New Stub. We've got George Monopoly Man Street. We've got Dean the Cool Cube Kubi. Uh, we've got Rachel walking on sunshine, the busk, and we've got Anna Dungey. Actually, I saw um, another patron of the show. He was doing, I was talking about the gym the other day, and this is Josh, and Josh was doing um, the 10K at the Christchurch Half Marathon. He was telling me he wanted to go under 50 minutes for his half, for his 10K, sorry. And I'm pretty sure he came in around 56 or 57 minutes, and that's Josh, tr- complete grit. 
Ellis. So, well done, Josh, on your run in the weekend. So, congratulations. If you want to become a patron of the show, go to bevanjamesisles.com. You'll see on the side of the page is a Patreon link. Go there, go through the Patreon process, and you can contribute to helping me do the work that I do with this show. Just one thing before I put the interview on with Sully. Um, there were some background noises, and he does cut out just a little bit, it's not terrible, but he does cut out a little bit earlier on in the interview, and it does tend to get better, and the background noises do disappear, so um, just wanted to let you know that, uh, so let's get straight into it, here is Suli right now. Right, our team, I'm very excited today to have a, a, a bit of an inspiration to me in my career, a guy by the name of Su- Suli Tuita Upi, which I've only really just learned his name properly, and I've known for like 20 years. Which Thanks, is, babe. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty shocking start. Um, Suli is somebody who uh, is an inspiration to so many people in our industry because his ability to draw people to exercise is second to none, um, but also what's been very admirable about his career is, is his sense of mission towards helping his ethnicity, his local ethnicity and, and getting people moving, but in generally just being a, a very powerful fitness leader. So welcome along to the show, Silly. Thanks, Steve. Thanks so so maybe, maybe just start with your, your journey in becoming a fitness instructor. Sure. So I, um, I was, uh, I had this gym membership um that i didn't use for years uh and one day i decided uh to make the most of my gym membership um so being um at this this local gym for three years and only been in the gym six times and um unfortunately the wait um was going on and then i thought to myself when i was like looking inside this gym the other day many, many years ago, and I thought, wow, um, that treadmill is probably what I bought for my membership, so I'm going to use that treadmill uh, for as long as I can to get myself back on. So it was a slow and steady process, um, and that was about 1997. Um, started going into classes, and one particular day, um, the group fitness instructor, her name was Bronnie McSweeney, asked me if I want if I was keen to teach aerobics, um, and I said, "Oh, not my thing, um, but I'm keen on doing the boxing circuit." So I did that for a wee bit, um, and then in 2001, I um, did a course with. The, with CPIT um, on fitness instruction, um, and I met um, uh, Kaylee, um, who was a member at Les Mills, and and had suggested I pop over to the dark side and see what that was about. And then I found out about the um, fitness academy that Les Mills was was running, which was you were running it um, alongside Margarita Bennett in two thousand and two. So. I left the world of freestyle um, to pre-choreographed, uh, pre- um, yeah, um, exercise. And so, yeah, I've been gym instructing. I started with Olympus um, at the end of 1999, 2000, and I came over to Les Mills in 2002. Wow. And still there now. 
just just I'm got actually sorry I'm gonna take you take your, your your things actually crackling a little bit so can I just get you just to pull your earphones out and just go back to the original one okay it's not cool. terrible but I just think it's probably gonna work better if we just speak now yep yeah that, that's fine yeah cool. um okay and so when you first started out in the journey of becoming a fitness instructor um yes. you know what what were you doing in your career at that moment so I was working full-time at airlines and um I think what I loved about um, being an instructor um, was the fact that you could make change in someone's life within that, um, what was our classes back then, and then getting to know them um, pre and post class, and then being being a part of their journey. So it was quite um, motivating for me to be able to to use my ability as a as an instructor um, to help um, create a pathway of um, change for um, the individual themselves. So really got to um, you know got immersed into it, and then um, decided a little bit later on in um, my airlines career that that wasn't for me, and um, was to move on to um, working with people. So fitness um, instructing is one part of it, um, but I really still love it, uh, even, even today, 19 years later. So, so you know, so you, you had a quite a, a quite a dramatic career shift because you left away from your airline job, and um, you know you're already at this stage a very successful instructor um, as as within the Les Mills world, uh, and you kind of had a moment where you shifted your career. What what made you want to shift your career, and what made you go towards the direction that you're now doing with your career? Sure. So I had an opportunity um, in 2010 to go over to. Um, the Middle East, um, over to Kuwait, and um, and immerse in fitness full time. Um, before that, I didn't think I was going to leave the airlines, and that for me um, opened up a new world of opportunities. Um, I realised that I was able to to leave um, a job that I really loved um, and to do something else um, and be. And it's, it was something that I was passionate about. So uh, that, that time away enabled me to say, hey, this is what I really want to do with my life. Mm. Um, perhaps not um, um, as a group fitness instructor forever, but move into um, the line of health and well-being mm. and happiness and, and also empowering people, individuals, but also communities. So the so coming back um, to Christchurch, um, I think I did about a year back in the airlines just to get me sorted, and then there was a degree going at the University of Canterbury, um, which was a health sciences degree. Now I wanted the 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 plan of attack back then was to do the degree and then go back to the Middle East, but um, a few things changed in regards to um, the perception of health. Um, and really, um, my own take on um, health equity or health inequity, um, you know, I was, I was quite shocked in terms of where um, Pacifica or Pacifica people were in terms of um, um, the health statistics. And I felt it was like my duty to, 
to get back um, to something that I loved, and that's health and fitness, and to do that in a way. And I probably remained with that um, with that concept of illness prevention as opposed to illness cure. So that's where my kind of uh, education took, journey took me um, this time round, um, with doing the health sciences degree and then doing the nursing degree on top of that to get a um, a clinical background. So to work holistically, but also have that clinical exposure. So, so you kind of had a moment where you kind of went to study with the intention to get more into fitness, but then you had an epiphany about how much of a problem we have around health and society, obviously with Pacifica as well, with that being your culture, but you saw the statistics and it kind of gave you a big sense of mission? Yeah, I think, um, you know, you don't get to see, you only get to see bits and pieces in the media. And, um, you know, I've been been very lucky in my life in that I've been, you know, I've had, you know, I've had a good upbringing. Um, um, you know, I've been well supported um, in terms of what I do. But yeah, just a calling for me was to help um, those that are vulnerable. Um, and for me, community is really important. And um, I think it's about going back to base. And if you can help your family and develop them and shape them. Um, then you can move on to big things. So, yeah, I think it's it's going back to going back to your base and your foundations. I'm, going to go, I'm kind of interested in your kind of, and I want to kind of ask this in a kind of few different parts. So the first thing I want to ask is before you started your study. Now you you know like for those who are listening to this, to me, Suli is the most successful instructor kind of in the world, and and because we measure in my world, my the way we measure is. How, how many people do you get to your class? You know, that's ultimately their ultimate measurement for, measurement for us. And because um, if you can get people to turn up, you're going, they're going to help them get results. And certainly can just, you put them on any class, any time spot, and he draws a massive crowd of people. Um, and so, and it, it, I also know that he, he leads a Sunday school group. And I know his Sunday school group is just a massive bunch of kids. Like he's very powerful at drawing people to a community. So before you did your study, what do you believe as a fitness instructor are the keys to get people to love fitness? Um, the keys for me is to make sure that they do things together. So um, you've got to, when you start, you've got to make sure you've got someone that you can do, um, start committing to a goal together. So easier to do it as a group, um, to do it as a collective, um, and to have that moral support within. Um, but they say, what well, it takes three weeks to be able to change a habit. So um, it's, it's sticking to those goals um, continuously, um, having that self-belief, but also having some really important mentors there to, to guide you um, in, your, um, in your journey. So I guess for me, when like I'm always, you know, I love I love our hardcore um, regulars, and you know, you, you're similar too, even that you you're very successful in what you do. Um, but for me, it's like, how do we get the buy-in from the new person? You know, how do we get them to fall in love with the exercise? And it's just the simple things. It's about acknowledging them when they're there, um, giving them those. Um, options to be able to be successful 
um, at that particular time um, and giving them that little um, wee motivation and inspiration just to get them going. That, that class alone. Um, and then invite them to come back. And, yeah, I think it's it's creating that relationship is really important um, from the word go. If you get that, if you get that right, uh, then um, you'll be able to build up in that relationship. And then they go back with that experience and they they start to um, recruit their friends and, and family and and then you've got a sense of community there. So, so, so you see it you, as your job as a fitness professional to actually develop a relationship and as the leader in that relationship at first is to do the things that make them feel safe, comfortable, welcome and desired yeah. back. It's, it's it's all about being inclusive. Um, and I think it, I think we tend to forget that, um, that, you know, we were once there. And I think when I reflect back on it, it's probably from a place where, you know, I was in, in 1997, you know, where I was at my heaviest and knowing that um, I needed to do something for me um, and what was the key for me was probably having a couple people there at the gym at the time that was able to say, hey, you can do this. So, um, yeah, it's a scary thing committing to to a fitness goal, but I think we need to remember that, you know, there's a starting point and and, and it's probably, yeah, and you, you don't forget that when you're, when you're on this journey um, of those that help to make that difference. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because we think about, um, you know, like people trying to get into exercise and, and, you know, there's so much advice out there about how you get into exercise and all, you know, what, and, and, the, and, the, and I always find it interesting the questions we get, you know, like people say, what's the best movement and, you know, all these types of things. And, you know, ultimately I think one of the messages that we can take from you is that and if you're trying to get into exercise, try to find leaders who are supporting an inclusive, supportive community, really. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's that whole, that nudging process. So it's about giving them, giving them that motivation and not giving up on them. Just those little wee, little wee nudges. Just like, hey, how's it going? You know, and, and after the third, fourth, fifth, twelfth, 17th go, they'll hopefully be able to break through. But then it's also important to, to keep them, to support them through their journey. So I know there's, um, maybe a couple of examples of people that, you know, that I haven't seen in classes. So um, ask around to see what's happening and then, then you know, giving them a wee message or a wee text to say, hey, we haven't seen you, hope all's well, maybe see you soon. So, But that's what I kind of respect about you the most, sorry, is that your commitment is – you know, like it's just something I never, you kind of, you set a standard that no one else really goes to. There's kind of, you know, I'm sure lots of instructors notice people not there, but then your commitment to doing that work, you know, giving them a text, you know, checking in is, is really valuable. Is that just because you have a sense of mission around what you're doing or, or what, you know, because why yeah. do you do that work? I think it's, it's about, we, I guess, have a responsibility um, as fitness leaders. Um, you know, to walk the talk as well. And I guess, um, I guess when I measure success, it's, it's really, for I me, mean, yeah, numbers are great. Yeah. But when, um, 
yeah, when someone you know that they're just doing well in life and um, you know they've got the sense of happiness because they've incorporated physical activity into their lives and everything's going well and they seem to be holistically happy, you know, everything's in balance, then you know that's a win. Yeah. So, um, and it's, yeah, I guess um, it's important to be able to, um, yeah, to value those because, I, yeah, I feel that, that that for me is probably the wins, you know, yeah. it's the small ones. So, yeah, because I guess the gym part is, you know, an aspect, but, you know, like when I hear of families talking about fibre on the dinner table or uh, going for walks, now that's, that's all, you know, and hopefully those little small behavioural changes um, end up steamrolling over time and they end up being a happy, healthier family. So, so, you know, you were already very successful in your career and I love it how you've defined it. You've kind of said that actually my real measure is, are we creating better lives, I suppose? And, and that's why you have a sense of commitment to it because you really want to create better lives. And the flow on effect is you get big classes, but it's actually not really about that. Um, but then you kind of, you know, kind of five, six years ago, you kind of went down this academic path. Uh, and um, and you're much more in the academic world around health now. So what have been some of the insights that the academic world has kind of given you insight that maybe you wouldn't have had if you didn't kind of go down that path? Sure. So I've, I guess you, I have, I've always had in my mind um, my own thoughts in terms of health and well-being. Um, but I think it was really important for me to um, use um, the learnings through the world of academia um, to really enable me to have a platform. So um, in terms of motivating communities, it's great to have the experience. It's great to have um, purpose. Um, but in Fortunately, um, in some of the communities that um, I am engaged with, you know, there also needs to be a sense of credibility as well. So I felt that I needed to have a bit of um, credibility um, behind me as well, um, and hence doing um, the pathway that I'm about to complete. Um, so that way it's not only you walk the talk, but you actually know the talk as well mm. um, and I feel that I'm in a position now that I can back myself out with, um, with some good evidence around why we do things um, but also be at a place that I feel that I'm a leader now to be able to to, to say things that are um, that are meaningful and perhaps hopefully help to make a better change. Mm. And so, because sometimes you know when you you go through the academic experience, like obviously this is the practical learning that you get, but sometimes it's kind of reinforcing stuff you know, and then sometimes it's giving you epiphanies and opening you up to thinking that you would have never thought of. So, what what, what have been some of the the areas where it's been kind of epiphanies for you around health and fitness? All interconnected. Health, really? and, um, yeah, it, it, you know it's. If you don't have health, you don't have life, and you need you need to be healthy. It's back to the basic principles, but it's not only just 
um, the physical aspect. You know, you've got to look after all aspects of your health. So, you know, it all interconnects physical, mental, emotional, spiritual um, well-being. And I think I, I maybe I talk a lot, a lot about that in my classes. Um, um, and I think that's just bringing my own flavour to to the classes as well. Um, and uh, maybe in, in some of the work that I do, um, it's, yeah, it's putting that balance um, into place. And then it's being able to recognise where the deficits are and how can you um, fix those deficits in order for it to come back into balance. Yeah. So one of the so that's probably going back to to health as a you know it's it's holistic it's a treasure so you must always treasure your health um, and I think in my third year of my health sciences degree um, you know I had to sit down and say look what will this degree do for me in terms of um, my mission of helping to improve health equity, uh, mainly for vulnerable communities, mainly for Pacifica. Um, and it was really um, the pathway, the nursing pathway. And that really opened up other doors because it not only could I see it from a health education, health promotion uh, view, but also um, having it, seeing it from a biomedical and also clinical view, and and for me it was about bringing the two spheres together because they tend to work. Um, they should be working side to side, but there's always a wee collision in between. So that for me was, um, yeah, um, was probably a a big aha moment in terms of the direction I wanted to go. Um, hmm. You talk a lot about, um, you know, the sense of mission around particularly Pacifica Health. Um, can you maybe just identify some of the statistics, some of the problems that we're seeing with that? And, you know, moving forward in your career, because you're kind of getting to the end of the academic moment, you know, what are the things that you feel will have an impact on creating the change that is going to shift those statistics? Um, so socioeconomic status, um, Pacifica doesn't you know, um, compare to um, European, um, Asian and Māori, um, we don't do very well. Um, and that's all, again, interconnected to um, housing, um, health, education, you know, the big key um, things there that measure um, socioeconomic status. So in terms of health, um, you know, one of the key drivers um, that is being um, driven at the moment by um, the likes of um, CDHB is looking at um, community community focus, and that's something that I've, you know, that's I've aligned with for a long time. Like, how can we look at getting illness prevention, and that's out in the community? How can we? try and avoid using the hospital and I really think it goes back to gra grassroots um, and there's been a couple projects that I've been involved in um, just of recent times and one is with um, 
Pegasus Health, which is um, one of the big primary health organisations um, in New Zealand. Um, and that's in terms of um, working um, within the churches and taking the key health messages um, into the churches. And I think it's having one of your own um, that has that credibility, that has experience, that's able to connect um, with um, with Pacifica, because that's that's the only way we can we can engage is through churches mm. as the main source, and then um, looking at particular workplaces, um, sports groups, cultural groups. But I think the majority of um, don't want to generalise, but a lot of our people um, um, align with churches, so that was a good way to mm. to to be able to immerse with the community. Um, and in, for example, last year, um, able to deliver some great key messages on uh, physical activity promotion, um, on nutrition, um, on oral health, and we do very bad in oral health, um, sleep health, lung health, um, on um, pharmaceutical use. So it's getting those messages out, so having one of your own. And another initiative um, I've been involved with is with the Ministry of Education, and that's out into um, low decile schools, and um, which we have a, a big community of Pacifica in, and that's out in the um, east side of Christchurch. Um, and I act as a mentor, but also have a um, have a slot in there, um, which is called Healthy Living. And so we talk about healthy things, um, you know, little wee um, positive reinforcement cues, um, not only for the children, because it's from zero to 18, but also the parents. So it's a collective session. And, uh, yeah. Just amazing now, we've been doing it for a year, um, how kids know what fibre is, and it's important to have brown bread as opposed to white bread. And you can still get that brown bread for 90 cents at Pick and Save. <laughs> so it's got to be realistic as well. You know, you got to, you know, you want to make, you get, you say these things, but it's like, well, what, what can you do today that they can, make a change in. So there could be corned beef in the um, cupboard in some of our families. So what do we do with the corned beef? Let's add some veggies in there. Mm-hmm. No, let's put those five plus. Mm-hmm. So it's having um, solutions that are applicable today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what do you find, how, how effective are you feel you're being at this? Like, you know, obviously it's educating, it's communicating in a way that's realistic to their world. And, and obviously you are someone who's within their community um, and has credibility. Uh, what's what's working effectively and where can you see some gains? Um, working effectively in terms of discussions on the dinner table, in terms of um, in terms of going back and it's that process of nudging, keeping those tips um, going each week and making those little subtle changes. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, how often do you brush your teeth? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're doing it in the mornings, they're doing it at nights. Um, about flossing, it's about um, physical activity. It's like, well, what do we do? You know, sit less, move more. Um, make them um, understand that movement is an opportunity. Um, that physical activity burns energy. So you eat. So it's making those little connections. And the word 
I feel is going out in terms of the communities um, that I'm able to make an impact with, um, which is great. And um, being able to see those small changes um, in not only um, you know our future, which is our kids, but the parents. So you know, it's great to be able to um, influence the children, but you also need to influence not only the parents, but the whole whanau, the whole ainga, um, because Pacifica, Māori um, work collectively. So it's about knowing your communities and engaging with them in a way that um, um, that everyone's on the same level field. Well, and that, that is one of the things that's beautiful about the Pacifica culture, isn't it? Is that, that family, that sense of family and community is actually, that probably helps you on your journey, is that, that it is so, still such a strong thing. Mm. You know, if we look it's at about embracing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But relationships is also very important. Um, and I think one of my strengths is, is not, is to come in a way that we are all the same. We know we're all the same. We're not. You know, I'm not coming in as a professional. Yeah. <laughs> it's this, I'm going to look down at you and tell you off. But we're all we're all this together. And I, I guess the other advantage is, you know, I've been there in terms of, you know, being inactive, um, you know, loving loving my food. Um, so I think to have that um, background as well also helps. Can I, can, can, I, can I kind of do a bit of a shift here? You know, you're yeah. also, you know, you're a very successful instructor. You're obviously doing some pretty important work in your community and uh, in, in my local community. Um, but what about your own fitness journey? You know, we're, we're, we're in, when you're at your best with fitness, what mm. takes you there and what are the keys to staying in that place? So personally, because um, as you know, um, you and I aren't getting any younger. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, you know, and I, I see myself as someone really motivated and really goal orientated and you know, I you know, I keep this and it's something that I've done probably in the last decade now is to have this little diary and I note down, you know, I keep going referring to my diary on a Sunday night, looking at the goals that I've set for myself for the week and looking at the ultimate goal. Um and so it's about Working hard, but working smart. So, um, yep, I, I teach. Um, I do teach a lot of classes, and you know, that's. I think I'm teaching nine, nine to ten classes. You know, it used to be, you know, we used to be a bit, bit crazy back in our heydays, and we used to do what, 16, 18, yeah. 20, 20 when we were young. When we were young, um, but then it's being it's being smart. So, um, one of the big biggest focuses for me, because I've always looked after myself in terms of you know ensuring that I get that yoga in, ensuring that I get my massages in, is the shift for me this year has been really to take time um, to look after me in terms of um, in terms of flexibility. So I'm really, really, really pushing to, to do at least three or four um, sessions a week. Um, not only um, for you know for my own personal well-being, but also meditation because I'm at a I'm, I'm very I'm just like you very very busy yeah. but I also need time um, for me to just um, take time out so so that's the biggest goal um, but I do you know I, I I I guess I keep seeing myself as that person um, which the member comes to for a service. 
And, you know, it's our responsibility um, as instructors to give the very best we can um, and to know that, um, that they've paid for a service. Um, so we, we must deliver and we need to be honest in ourselves um, to deliver that. So, um, you know, within the Les Mills, um, you know, they have these, you know, like choreography, technique, coaching. Yeah. Um, and I know I'm not the best te- technician. So, you know, I make sure that I utilise my other strengths um, to, to give the very best that I can to the members. So, so I think having that in the back of my mind and then also knowing, well, how do I, keep myself at that at that place then it's about um you know looking after yourself so that weekly the weekly massages um you know i go to a kinesiologist once a month um at my moment at the moment my goal is strength um sorry uh flexibility um and stability um yeah mm. that's about it really and yeah. wow <laughs> Yeah, but it's interesting, you you know, it's interesting how, as you're saying here, you know, there's a part of it's a responsibility to the role you have in this community. And that, and I totally agree with that. I think that I've always thought if I'm standing on stage, my job's to give everything, you know, like that's, you know, because how can I ask others to do that if I'm not willing to do that myself? And you're kind of saying that as you've aged, you know, you're part of your fitness journey is how do I look after myself healthily so I can stand up there? And, and that's actually, a, a, you know, like you're kind of, Junior in your career, it's very much a holistic approach. Mm. Yeah, yeah, um, and it is important to talk because you know, look, for a long time, I never, I, I would say stuff, but I didn't think it. You know, I was doing that as well. Mm. Like, really important um, to know within yourself that what you give out is from the heart. Mm. Um, and it took me a long, long time um, to realize. That I was saying stuff, but it actually comes from within. And one of, and one of probably one of the big changes that I've I've made to myself this year is really commit to rest. So, you know, sleep sleep is important, eh? Oh. You know, sleep is if you don't get that sleep, you're in trouble. So I could, you know, I um you know, I teach an early morning, um, Wednesday and Thursday morning. So, you know, my commitment to myself is I'm in bed by eight thirty mm. the night before, eight AM. 8 p.m. the night before to, to get up early. So, so yeah, it's, it's again walking the talk. Just just kind of lastly, if someone's listening to this and they are thinking about it, getting into exercise and they have kind of struggled on their journey, um, maybe one at periods or maybe never really had success in exercise mm-hmm. and, and probably have insecurity and vulnerability around it, mm-hmm. what would be your advice to that person in setting themselves up so they can have a long-term habit? Yep, abs- yep. Great question. One big thing is we're all on a journey together. I mean, never feel um, inadequate about yourself because um, that seems to be the biggest thing I hear from people that have gone on journeys and have fallen off or they're trying to start is what would other think other people think? Mm. I'm telling you right now, everyone's on their own journey. But you need to get on to get to a place where you can do it with somebody um, or in a group. Um, and I totally endorse um, um, some of some, some of the really good products out there that you can do things together. Um, 
And so that way you can make yourself accountable and make each other accountable. So have a shared vision and a shared journey with somebody, but make sure you've got um, someone that could also mentor you through that whole process um, that's going to keep you accountable. And um, set those small goals. It's important to have those little goals um, and an overall goal. And remember, um, it's all about being steady um, to the goal. It's going to take three weeks um, to make a change. So you've got to just keep at it for those first three weeks. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, one thing I often think about, you know, I often talk about running. Running's a funny movement because it's quite a hard movement. Um, mm. And, you know, it's that kind of thing that you've almost got to keep the faith that the running high will come in the first period. For a lot yeah. of people, you know, they don't really get why running's enjoyable. And then they have this moment where they go, oh, my God. And now I get it. Um, and it's kind of like that with all exercises. And if you haven't exercised in a long time, at first it may not be that rewarding because it's just kind of hard. But if you do stick at it for that first period, there's going to become a moment where you're going to, oh, my God, this is, yeah. you know, the best thing in my life. And and then, you know, if you can stay on that path, mm. the value of it becomes the reward and the motivator. Very much so. So it's about just committing to it. And if it means – Getting a having a wall planner, marking it out, um, you know, having a diary or using IT, which I'm not very good at. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually pretty good on Skype today, to be honest. Yeah, on Skype. <laughs> um, it's it's being able to commit to that as well, mm. and um, having um, doing it as a group, I think collectively um, makes it makes things a little bit easier just to start yourself off with, and then look. Once you get on that journey, um, you're off. So just keep at it. Yeah. Just this last last question. Ten yep. years from now, what would you have hoped to have done with your influence and career? Ten years from now, I want to see those um, health inequities um, improved. I want to see more equity um, in terms of um, health between um, the vulnerable and the non-vulnerable. And so, you know, my heart is definitely for Pacifica um, in terms of, um, you know, how, how do we lift um, equity, health, um, how do we um, improve health statistics for them? Um, so, you know, I feel that I want to be in a position to be able to make um, some bold decisions and to think outside of the box um, to make some changes. But I'm also really um, um, you know my one of my biggest things is illness prevention and going back to the community. So you know, I definitely see myself in that space. Um, and so physical activity, you know that's that's so important. Physical activity promotion needs to be the way of of the future and it's it's you know, and if that's if that's one um, one thing that we can make a change and make a difference um, in people's lives, then we're winning because it again it comes back to that holistic health. You can get the physical guy um, that enables you know the emotional, mental, um, and spiritual well-being um, to work in tandem. Once you got that going, you're happy. Yeah, it's pretty great.
great stuff. Yeah. Hey, um, I, I, I love your work. You know, I, I really just admire um, what you've done with your career, where, the decisions you're making, your sense of mission, your commitment to the mission. Um, it's really great stuff. If people want to get in contact with you, um, I'm not sure if there's something you want to promote, but is this what... Like, is that something you want to promote or not? Yeah, they can get they can get in touch with me. I'm I'm trying to go on Twitter. <laughs> Good luck. The way forward is for Suli to get onto this technology. Okay, if, if he has to, if I'll, what I'll do is I'll put his Twitter feed in, in the show notes for this because certainly he's a very impressive man for many reasons, but his technology side is it's, it's a, needs, and, a, uh, needs a bit yeah. of work. Uh, yeah, needs looking into. I tell you. Uh, hey, thanks for your time today, mate. You're a bloody star. Hey, no, thank you, Bev, and thanks for being an inspiration as well. Awesome, mate. Right, so that's pretty much my interview of Sully. Hopefully, you got some good insight from that. I love his idea around inclusiveness is one of the keys to success, and. As I mentioned in the show, just his commitment to it is pretty phenomenal. You know, like I think a lot of people think they say they want to do something. It's actually really interesting, you know, like I live in a group fitness world where people will promote that they are there for those around them, but deep down maybe the actions don't show that so much. Um, and whereas Suli, his commitment, like seriously, his commitment to helping people is second to none. And the flow-on effect is he draws big people or big big amounts of people, but more importantly, he has a massive impact. So hopefully you got some insight into how a great fitness professional thinks. If you're a fitness professional, hopefully you can take from that and grow your world in the way that Surly is. If you're somebody who's not exercising, to me, when you choose your fitness worlds, it's people like Surly you want to look for. It's, it's fitness professionals who have this kind of mindset and it's funny if I think back to Bevan's baby steps the episode I did a couple of episodes ago um that was one of my things wasn't it one of the baby steps was to find an environment that nurtures your growth and you know if you can find an environment with a leader like Suli then to me you're gonna be much more successful in your journey so that's pretty much today's show. If you want to become a patron of the show, go to bevanjamesisles.com. It's all very clear on the website. Uh, you can also just follow me on Facebook or Twitter or any of those areas. You can email me at bevanjames at gmail.com. And if you have any other questions, just email me there. I'm about to go to Australia. I've actually recorded this show earlier than the day I release it. And I'm about to head to Australia to go sketch up my daughter. So I'm pretty excited about that. So I'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep trying to progress. And hopefully I have some great content to help you do that in a couple of weeks' time. Anyway, let's be out for now. Mm-hmm.